We're back. Hello, friends. Did you miss us? We took a little hiatus. Life kind of had a um, a little um, detour. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we'll fill you in as we go. Um, but anyhow, today is all about the M word, as in marriage. Marriage. <laughs> so, Laura. Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> and so it begins. Mm -hmm. And so it continues. <laughs> that too. Um, on this episode, we're going to talk about when both parties want to get married, but don't at the same time, I guess. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, let's go at it. Okay. Go for it. I'm going to so, let you go. <laughs> when um, two people get to the point in their relationship where they just want to be with each other and they don't want to date anymore and they just want to settle down and they just want to be content and at peace. <laughs> um, Sorry, Laura forgot to turn her computer off if you heard that. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't told to turn it off. That's okay. Anyhow. <laughs> and then sometimes you just don't want to get married. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so this is the thing. Um, yes, my heart wants to get married, right? Your heart can want to get married and your head can be telling you other things. We were both married before to men. I was married for almost 30 years. And Joe was married for 11. Yes. And so, um, do I want to get married again? I don't know. Just as a basic question, I've thought of this over the last four years that we've been together. Is it something that I want again in my life to be married? Um, and I don't know. I, um... I go back and forth. I go back and forth. Um, I think we're at the point where we could get married very easily. We could both just throw caution to the wind and just say, let's just do this and just go to the courthouse and bang it out, right? Let's do it. Right? We could if we don't think too long and hard about it. And then I tend to think long and hard about it, and then we don't do it. Well, stop that nonsense. <laughs> So does anybody else think about the impact of um, financial constraints getting married? You know, they're either constraints or they're benefits. There's, there are both, okay? So um, I guess, you know, a benefit would be um, I don't have to get benefits at my place of employment. I could go on Joe's benefit plan or she could go on mine so that it would be a little bit cheaper for instead of paying two mm -hmm. single. Mm -hmm. um, everything else we pretty much split um, right. in our own way. So let me reel this in a little bit. Let's let's backtrack a little bit and kind of catch up everybody because I don't know that everybody knows. So when we got together, I, 
you know, after we finally became a couple, I, for some, I'm not going to say an odd reason because it's really not an odd reason, but I have never wanted to marry someone until Laura. Now, I'm sure you're all gone, but weren't you married before? Yes, yes, I was. So, you know how kids or okay, maybe I shouldn't generalize, but a lot of little girls, especially when I was little, a lot of my my friends in school would only talk about the day I marry, blah, 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 blah. And the day I marry this. And then I was, um, I used to babysit this girl and I'm telling you every day she played wedding and we, she would marry one of her toys every single day, like a stuffed animal. And I never really had the desire of getting married to anyone because I felt very comfortable not being married. I didn't see the need of marriage per se. Now, eventually, as you get older and you grow up and all these shoulds from society are conditioned into you, you kind of go, oh, okay, so I guess this is the next step and you just get married. So that's the reason why I married my ex-husband. It was just the normal thing to do. You just follow society norms and you just do it, right? I think a lot of people get married in order to start a family. Yes, true. But I never wanted kids, so that wasn't my goal Mm -hmm. either. Right. Um, It was more of, you know, you just don't think about it. You you think you're in love and you're like, okay, let's get married. Sure, let's do it. Um, Now, after being married once, once and divorced, once, um, you know, I could see how getting married again would be a little bit complicated after knowing how difficult a divorce is. However, with that same, uh, on that same thought process, I will tell you that the biggest advice that I would give to myself is marry someone you can divorce. Not that you're planning on divorcing this person, it's just that make sure that the person you're marrying, if you do get divorced, you can sit down and have an adult conversation and figure things out because divorces are hard and there's a lot of hurt emotions, um, you know, are very raw. And so if you can't divorce the person you're married, then you shouldn't be married in the first place. So. That's one of the reasons I think we can totally get married because you and I talk about everything and anything. And while, yes, sometimes our emotions are very raw and we do have some hurtful moments, we um, process through them. But ever since I've been with you, I've wanted nothing more than to marry you. And, you know, it's kind of like this little girl that I never was that, oh my God, I just want to marry her. Whereas before it was more of, okay, let's sit down and let's have a financial discussion of, is it beneficial for us to get married or not? Now, to me, it's it's not a should anymore. Like before I married because of the shoulds. This time I'm marrying because I really want to marry her. And I want to marry her not out of possession not out of norms, not out of shoulds, but it's more of a celebration of love. It's more of, 
you know, here we are in front of all of our people and celebrate how much we love each other. Now, that's why you have a wedding. Why do you want to get married? Because it all goes hand in hand. You don't have a you don't have a wedding to not get married. I know that. Okay. But you just said that one of the reasons you want to get married is to stand up in front of our friends and celebrate yeah. our love. That's the reason to have a wedding. Okay. And the marriage part, you know this because I have said it many, many times. If you're if something happens to you and you're in the hospital and I say, that's my girlfriend, you know, and then they're going to say, well, we only let family in, then I'm screwed. We haven't had an issue like that yet. Let's hope we don't ever. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a fear maybe that I have, but it's also, you know, how awesome it would be to be able to call you my wife. <laughs> you know, there's mm -hmm. that. Now on the flip side, I am going to defend the analytical side of you because Laura grew up in a very financial oriented house and it's every financial and practical, I will say. Okay. Practical meaning. Um, meaning every decision needs to like be analyzed and studied and not like. From all angles. You, and yeah, yeah. You don't and just go, like you said. Let's you don't live your life without planning your death. Okay. <laughs> right? Yes. Because your parents talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. These, I mean, no offense to your parents, but they've been talking about them dying since I've met them. And mm -hmm. you've told me that they've been talking about their death since you were two. Yeah, since I was a little girl. I mean, and here I they are. Part of it, like I think years part old. of it came with my dad having MS when mm -hmm. I diagnosed when I was very, very little. So there was a lot of uncertainty growing up. Um, we didn't know. I didn't know anything about the disease. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I didn't know. Um, I just knew he could be sick for weeks and weeks and weeks on end and be mm -hmm. out of work. And it was mm -hmm. scary for them. And Which, in turn, it makes it easy to talk to me about these things since I am an accountant. So I understand where you're coming from. But the emotional side of me is like, screw the money. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't affect my decision making and wanting to marry you. But I, again, I understand where your head is coming from. Mm -hmm. So how do you outweigh the emotional part versus the practical part, let's say? Yeah, I mean, we both were married before and we were married for long enough that if we do not remarry, we can get our ex-husband's social security um, okay, hold that thought there because let me explain this to people. Um, so, at least in Pennsylvania, I don't know where people are listening from. Well, uh, Social Security is federal, okay. so that's at national level. Okay. It's if anybody's not in the U.S., then I don't know how it works for you guys. But this is for people in the U.S. If you are married to someone ten years plus, if um, regardless of married status, divorce status, it doesn't matter if they're dead or alive, that, that does not, if they're remarried, that doesn't affect anything. They don't even know that you're getting the benefits. 
It's not like they get notifications telling them your ex-wife is getting this much money. Now, it's important to note that you're going to get either the half of what their full benefit would be only if it's higher than your own benefits. So, let me explain. Let's say your ex-husband full benefits are $3,000, right? Then that means you would get half of that, which is $1,500. And this is a month, by the way. But if your benefits that you've earned your on your own because you work are, you know, let's just say $1,400, then you're only really gaining $100 a month, right? What if the half that that you're getting from your ex-husband is still the $1,500, but then your own benefits on your own are $1,700, then it doesn't matter what your ex-husband makes because you're going to be getting your own benefits. The point that I'm bringing here, which I have told her many, many times, is, okay, We, by the way, we don't know our ex-husband's benefits, we would have to go to the Social Security to get this information. But I will interrupt and, and say that she has not given the example that what if your ex-husband's benefit is 1500 a month and yours is 800 a month. Okay, granted. True. So Which is also that's valid. That's a huge difference. But we know Added that's not. Added up okay. over a month. Yes. Over, over a year. Over a year. Right. But then, okay. See? Here we go. And like she said, we don't know what our ex-husband's benefits right. are. You need to go to the Social Security um, and Office Administration, whatever, to get that information. Anyhow, but the point I'm trying to make is, let's say, okay, let's use the 800. Let's say your, your own benefits were 800. And let's say, well, yes, 1500 from your ex is definitely more money than the 800. Duh. So you would think... Let's take the fifteen hundred, not get married. Although I think there's, a, if if your ex dies, then you can get married after the You're age six, sixty. Right. Then it doesn't matter. None of this matters. None of this conversation matters. You'll get the money no matter if you're married or not. Only if they die and you're over sixty. And this applies to men and women. It's not necessarily just women that are getting benefits from men. Men can also get benefit from women. Um, but my point here is in Pennsylvania, there's, um, inheritance tax. So if she and I don't get married, let's say, then if something were to happen to me, I die and she gets the house, she now has to pay inheritance tax on the property, on the full value. It's a val it's an estimated value by the state. So let's say she has to come out of pocket with $20,000 or $30,000. Then <clears throat> is it worth it to not be married because you're getting $1,500 a month from your ex? Do you know what I mean? The lump sum that you have to pay the state, let's say it's $30,000. Well, how many years mm -hmm. you know, of that differential between the $800 and the $1,500 do you have to... Um, live through in order to be able to pay for that. And right of survivorship? 
it's only half on half of the property. You mm -hmm. still would get inheritance tax because we're not married on half of them. Right of survivorship is basically saying that, you know, it's kind of like putting her name on the deed. So she has, she owns half the house. I own half the house. The difference with that is if I die in that circumstance, the house is under my name. If I were to die, we're not married. There's no right of survivorship. She has to pay inheritance tax on the full amount of the house. If I die, you and if you have right of survivorship, then you only pay inheritance tax on half of the house. Which, okay, that sounds great. But what if it's the reverse? If you die and we did the right of survivorship, now I have to pay inheritance tax on half of the house. But if you die and we don't do the right of survivorship, I don't have to pay anything on the house because it's mine outright. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's a predicament. Right? And we're just, we just don't know what's the... Are there any lawyers out there that know? <laughs> <laughs> and this is the part that I hate. I'm a hopeless romantic, and I hate that we have to make this decision based on all these financial things and all these legal things. And, ugh, why can't we just, like, be caught up in the moment and, and the, just go do the, it? The other thing is, is that I have kids. I have four kids. and well, I they're want, adult kids. They're adu yeah, but they're, they're, they're all my, in their they're 20s. My, they're my offspring. Okay. okay whatever they're all in their 20s um so i want something to be going to them as well right so there's a prenup in the process here too right <laughs> um so that's that no keep going no that's all i was going to say is that you you don't have kids so we come from a different right. background where my parents have been planning for their death financially since they started out in their marriage and they have worked very hard to save money and put money away and da -da 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 -da. Yeah. And, and on my end my mom is full of debt trying to figure her way after retirement out of debt right and so completely different thought process which is interesting because even though I come from a family that's in debt I'm not you, you know. personally are not in debt. Correct. Right. I'm personally very, um, but yeah, I mean, conscious. I've always that could been, be that could be a way of, of getting around the the sticky legal situation is to or the money situation is to have a prenup because I don't want eighteen years. Sorry. Eighteen years. I'm just thinking of she ain't nothing but a gold digger. <laughs> oh my god. We want prenup. Listen to me. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, this is a for real thing. I know. Say but it my was parents funny. die and then I die, right? Uh huh. Are you going to take that money and get your mom out of debt? <laughs> no. No. Are you going to blow snot all over me because you're laughing? <laughs> yeah, because I'm still on the we want prenup. Mm -hmm. I, I got Kanye West singing in my head. Sorry. Um, is that Kanye West who sings that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, think so. so. Or is it Jamie Foxx? No. No? No. Okay. Well, doesn't he sing too? No. Okay. I know no. he's an actor too. Yes. But he sings. No. He does. Not Gold Digger. Okay. All right. Um, that's, by the way, her favorite song. <laughs> Maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> right. Which, you know, and the funny thing though, if you think about it, Technically, you are the gold digger. I'm the one that owns the house. <laughs> you just want my house, <laughs> my car. 
really. I, I want I want the house that needs work. The house is done. Mm, the house isn't done. No, no. So we remodeled the house. We okay. So again, financial consciousness. Oh, I like that term, financial consciousness. So when I got divorced, we are very financially conscious. Yes, we are. When I got divorced, I only had a certain amount of money, and. You know, I, I had a Jeep back in the day. God, I miss that Jeep. I sold it. I got a used car that cost cost me like $2,000. It was this really little tiny Toyota Celica. But hey, it did the job. At the time, you know, time in crisis, you just do what you got to do, right? And I put a down payment on a house that I could afford. The problem with that term is that it's a house that needed a lot of work. It's a fixer-upper. Now we've done a lot of work to this house in the five years that I've, you know, we've been living here and, you know, it's finally to the point where we're now comfortable. It's livable. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely, not that it was not livable before it was just a rental property before when when she bought it. When I bought it, it used, so it used to uh, be. This old man used to live in it. He basically lived here until he died. He built the house. He was like 100, almost 100 years when he died. Then it got sold to a property management company that all they did was just rent it out. So they didn't really do any maintenance at all on the house. So by the time we moved in, um, we got it very cheap because of that, because it needed everything from roof, heater, windows, kitchen, you name it, everything. And we did it. And we've done it all now. But again, it was still functional. You could live. It's not like we bought this like falling apart piece of shit. The bones were good. It's all I kept saying to my mom and to Laura when I was house shopping. I don't care what the house looks like as long as the bones are good. Because if the bones are good, we can go with that. So anyhow, but now... You know, we're to the point where all we have is just some small aesthetic things to do. We did the we did the whole kitchen, we did the living room, we did the bedrooms, we did everything. Everything has been done. So the roof, the windows, the roof, the windows, the, the heater, heater, the the water filter, the electrical panel, everything has been done. Now it's more of just like you know we need to put finish the backsplash in the kitchen and this, do an accent and- wall. And we have tried to share in the mm-hmm. cost of what we put a deck on the back. We've tried to share in the deck. cost oh my of, God, this deck of is everything amazing. we've done. Yeah. But I don't own the house. So she could kick me out at any time and I'd be out on the street. Yes. After putting all this money into this house that I don't own. Gold uh, yeah. If I was a gold digger, I wouldn't be putting shit on this house. I know. I know, honey. I know. Anyhow. So the point here is... What we're trying to see, the hopeless romantic in me kind of goes like, well, what the hell with all this financial stuff? Like, what does it matter, especially after we've lived together for this long? And you know that I'm not after your money. I'm not a gold digger. You ain't nothing but a gold digger. (laughs) We are just not getting through this whole thing without that song, are we? Um, So... Why can't we just be emotional about it for once and just, you know, just go for it? Or do we have to be financially conscious all the time? Because now that we're adults, you know, hindsight 2020, if I would have known the things I know now back when I, before getting married, probably wouldn't have gotten married in the first place, right? 
I don't know. But then where would I have been? I would have ended up, God knows where, New Zealand. (laughs) And I wouldn't have met you. Right. I think everything that we've been through had to have happened for us to come together. So, So, I don't know. I think I struggle with it because emotionally... I'm, I'm there, I'm ready. And she tells me, you know, Laura says that she's not ready. And I just, I don't understand that part at all. And she explains it to me and I get it, but I just don't get it. (laughs) I get it, but I don't get it. Right? Yes. It's, you were saying the part about being independent. That you haven't had. Yes. So I was married for 30 years. And I had four kids, and I was a stay-at-home mom for most of those years and took care of the family, and um, I was blessed to be able to be a stay-at-home mom because I think those are a thing of the past, um, but my ex-husband and I at the time, we we decided that I would stay home with the kids. I wanted to experience everything that they were going through in their days. I wanted to be home so that if they got sick, I could pick them up from school and I didn't have to take off from work and all that. So we made sacrifices and we made it work to live on one salary and raise our four kids. Um I wouldn't. Daughter, I would not trade that for the world. Um, which your daughter did say um, this weekend. Sorry, that um, you know she can't. That that's not a thing anymore. Like right, she can't, she won't can't be able that. to do that. Right. right. Anyway, so um, I've always been dependent. I went from my parents' house to my husband's house, then to. To Joe's house here. So I've always been dependent. And I feel like since I moved over here, some of that, um, not dependence, but I guess like I was so taking care of everybody else for my whole life that I finally felt like I could spend some time on myself. I didn't have to worry about what somebody else wanted for dinner. I could just make what I wanted for dinner. Or if I didn't feel like doing my laundry, I didn't have to do my laundry. If I wanted to stay in bed all day, I could stay in bed all day. I wasn't, I wasn't, I guess I didn't have people depending on me is what it was. Um, And maybe that's really what it is. It's not me wanting to be independent in the way of tradition. It's I don't want someone to be dependent on me. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. Um, That makes sense to me. That that I can understand. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe Mm -hmm. it was a weird way that I worded it. Um, But, you know, on the flip side... I say to Joe, we live like we're married already. We live like we are. Um, So why do we need the piece of paper? I mean, this argument is, you know, it has been around since the beginning of time. People Mm -hmm. who want to get married are, are, you know, all about getting married and having the big wedding and, and whatever. And then there's, you know, other people that are like, why do we need the piece of paper? We're already living together like mm-hmm. we're married. So, yeah, and I don't want you, and, and you know this, I've said this plenty of times. I don't want you getting married to me just because I want you to get married. I want you to get married because you want to marry me. Yes, and 
I, like I said, on one hand, I could easily scoot out the front door with you right now and go run you to the courthouse. Let's and go. Then, and then I have the other thoughts. You guys want to be our witnesses? <laughs> I have the other thoughts that hold me back a little I bit. Know. That and, you know, there's a lot going on in life right now that mm-hmm. I just, I know. it's just a lot. And maybe that's the difference. I'm like a no strings attached. Yeah, you have individual. no baggage. I got yeah, I got nothing. You don't have contact with your ex husband. You don't have contact with his family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have co- contact with my ex husband, his siblings, his aunts and uncles that don't even live in the same state, mm-hmm. his cousins that don't even live here. I mean, there's a huge history there, and I'm still in contact with all of them. I know. I know. And you're so gracious about it, usually. <laughs> Maybe we need to do a podcast about that. We could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'd be next week's podcast and okay. share the world. Okay. All that we've been dealing with. Um, well, and you have, you know, Anyway, your you're kids. like a free agent. Correct. Right. And my kids Like, are- I don't have anybody to worry about. I mean, other than my mom, honestly. Right. But, you know, she'll she'll ride the wave. She'll be shocked at first, like she was when I told her about us. But she'll get used to it eventually. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just more of a... And maybe she won't. She might be fine with it at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's been fine. Yeah. So, I don't know. So... Do so we what or do you, don't we? Yeah. What, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts? What do you think? What do you say? Also... Um, I'm thinking of starting a Facebook group for our followers. I was going to say fans, but I don't even know if we have fans yet. Um, where it's going to be a safe place. It's going to be a private group, not a secret group, meaning... People can see that you belong to this group, but they can't see anything you post in the group. Therefore, I thought about it very um, heavily, how to do this to protect everyone. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to call it N, what is it, Naked Lesbian Soul, NLS Group. And you're going to have to answer questions to get in. So the only way to know the answers to the the questions is if you listen to the podcast. But since we are not giving the podcast name to the group, then we won't have any, um, what is it, any, what are they called? Um, Not spammers, um, trolls. We won't have any trolls because we're not actually giving the name of the podcast, obviously the Naked Lesbian Soul, since we're just using NLS group. Okay? So I'm trying to make it as safe as possible for everyone, whether you're out or not. Then you can be in the group. They will. There will be no descriptive to the public that it's an LGBTQ group just to protect those that are still in the closet because I think that's a very important thing. It will give you all some form of outlet to communicate with others that you can feel safe talking to. This is going to be a safe community. We are not going to accept any bullshit, plain and simple. If I don't like a comment, you're out. It's going to be like that. I'm not going to tolerate any kind of hate. It's all about support and love. 
It's all about protecting each other and being safe. So look it up. I'm going to set it up tonight. NLS group is going to be on Facebook. It will be, again, a private group, meaning people can see that you belong to this group. There will be no descriptives, so they won't know it's an LGBTQ group. They also cannot see anything that you post in the group, which is very important. But this way you can find the group, okay? Um, feel free to send us an email at nakedlesbiansoul at gmail.com. We're always uh, checking the email. We we do get emails, so we're very grateful. Thank you, JC, for that email. That was very actually... And I'm very sorry I told you this was coming last week, and it didn't, so I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we've had some couple things coming up in life, that ha which is why we had to stop podcasting for a little bit. We might get into it or not. I don't know yet if we're going to talk about it or not. But anyhow... Check us out on Facebook. I'll set up the group tonight and give us some feedback, whether on the group or via email. Talk to you later. To marry or not to marry. <laughs> Bye. Yes. Of course it's yes. <laughs>